Fox is going to immediately energize that Raider Nation, that fan base, that football team on the practice field in that locker room. Three years from now, you could be looking at a guy who's certainly one of the elite top five quarterbacks in this league. And I think when you look at the difference between Brady Quinn and Jamarcus Russell, everybody says it's the superior physical ability. Brady Quinn's a big guy. Nobody has an arm like Jamarcus Russell. And the mobility is a little underrated. I think that slow, deliberate motion is a concern. Having great receivers running wide open. The NFL, that's not going to be the case. Obviously, you'll need a little time. But you're talking about a two- to three-year period once he's under center. Look out because skill level that he has is certainly John Elway-like. John Elway-like when talking about Jamarcus Russell. That was Mel Kuyper back in 2007. And again, that just is a prime. That's one of the best examples to show everyone out there that all this pre-draft hype, pre-draft analysis means absolutely nothing. But before I continue my anti-draft tirade, let me introduce my co-hosts of this episode. This is Old School of Sport. Obviously, Max Marshall. Max, how are we doing, buddy? Doing good. I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, big night ahead for your New York Jets in a couple of days. Number two overall. We'll talk about their possible selection. I think we all know who they're going to take at this point. But also joining us tonight to preview the draft and a lot more. Tommy, welcome back, buddy. How are you doing? Doing great. I know you guys hate the draft, but it's my favorite sports night of the year, so I'm, I'm all in on it. Wow, favorite sports night of the year. That is a big title, man. I uh... College football, is, is, it's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And it's <laughs> fun to see like, where these guys go and like how like I do like scheme fits and stuff like that on how guys who I think will play where and how well. And it's just, I don't know, it's a missed calling of me never being able to ever become an NFL GM. So this is my night where I'm like, you know what, I am an NFL GM. Well, okay, Tommy, let me just correct you a little bit about my take on the draft. I don't hate the draft. Unfortunately for our Giants, they've been picking higher the last five, seven years or so than I would like them to be, right? So I've been more invested in the draft recently than in years past. However... I just hate the hype and over-analysis of guys and the comparison. I mean, look, I just played a clip. Mel Kuyper comparing Jamarcus Russell to a two-time Super Bowl MVP in John Elway. I mean, he, he two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, John Elway. And Russell never even played a down in the league, and he's making that comparison. So that's where I just get crazed about it. But... We'll talk more about the draft. I'm very excited to see where guys end up like you are, Tommy. We'll talk about the NBA. We'll talk some baseball. Tommy, I want to hear your thoughts on the Yankees. Madison Bumgarner throwing a sort of no-hitter a couple of days ago. I want to get your input on that. But let's first start with list of the week. And obviously with draft week upon us, I wanted to count down our top three draft busts in sports history. So, Tommy, you're the guest host today. Who comes in on your list at number three? You go first. Uh, so, with the NFL, I, I went straight NFL draft. I don't know how you guys did. That's fine. That's ones. fine. But number three for me is, sorry, Max, but D. Milner. Dude drafted top ten, supposed to be the next great Revis shutdown type corner and was absolutely terrible in New York. Guy could barely backpedal. Is a total liability, and uh, that's number three for me. Max, 
any rebuttal, or are you just going to go straight to your list? No, that's my number three, and he said everything I Really? Do, so. <laughs> really? No, no, Tommy knows about D. Miller. Oh, yeah, no, he, he, he can't back him. <laughs> and he's played corner, so yep, let's wrap him nine. Max, Max, did you go all NFL with your list? No. No, I have one NBA and one NFL. Well, we were supposed to do three, so hopefully you have another. Yeah, well, I just did an NFL one. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. Easy there. Number three on my list. Now, you might argue that there are bigger busts in sports history, and I'm willing to accept that fact, but this bust was special to me because I don't know if I ever rooted more for a player to fail at the professional level, and that's Johnny Manziel. I could not stand him in college. I could not stand Money Manziel. I could not stand how he conducted himself. He was one of the biggest douchebags in sports history, that's for sure. I was so happy he did not pan out in Cleveland. I mean, I could have named any Cleveland quarterback from the last two decades. In fact, in fact, you know, Baker Mayfield, if he starts at quarterback this year, he'll be the first quarterback since the Browns came back into the league in 1999 to be the starting quarterback for that team for three years. Damn. But number three on my list is Johnny Manziel, just because I was so happy to see him become a bust. Number two, Tommy. Uh, Justin Blackman, wide receiver. Wow, yeah. Dude, won, dude was the best wide receiver in college football for three years uh, in that he got to the league and then just – you know, all the off-the-field issues, drafted top five overall, expected to be that big game-changer on the outside for the Jaguars. That just never never really happened. And then, like I said, he got hit with a couple suspensions. I mean, he had a really good rookie year. He had almost a 1,000 receiving yards his rookie year, but everything after that just really was down the hill, never really started even much after his rookie season. So Justin Blackman, number two for me. Okay, yeah, I remember all the hype about him coming out of college and – yeah, he couldn't he couldn't get together on or off the field. Max, next on your list. Number two for me is the famous Kwame Brown. Uh guy had small hands for a seven footer. Has the most missed dunks by number one overall pick in NBA history. If you didn't know that. And yeah, he just he was just really bad and to make it worse, it was Michael Jordan's first pick as the uh, Wizards uh president. So it's just he sucked. He never had a good year. I think his best year was on the Charlotte Bobcats when he averaged 9-6. And, six. and uh, yeah, he was just awful. Yeah, Max, I, I thought he was going to end up on your list. And number two on my list, that's a, that's a great one, Max. Definitely no arguments here. Number two for me, I, I, I don't know if it's so much so this player's fault that he was drafted number one overall. But, Max, I don't know if there's ever been a top draft pick that I've heard less of or did less in the league than Anthony Bennett. And I really thought that Bennett, that Bennett selection was going to cost the Cavs their chance at a LeBron comeback the following year. He was drafted number one overall in 2013, and I really thought that decision was going to hurt them in recruiting LeBron. Thankfully, it didn't for their sake, but yeah, Anthony Bennett comes in number two on my league. I, I, I can't I can't think of another I, I mean he had no impact on the game whatsoever throughout his career. He was a 
a bench warmer by year two. An absolute joke of a selection, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's a... Uh, I was thinking about doing Anthony Bennett, but I don't know. I, I kind of felt like that was a... Uh, he was over-selected. He, he, he oh, did... yeah. No, that whole draft wasn't really too good in yeah, general. But, yeah. I mean, I wanted to do a little, bit, I wanted to do a little something past that I feel like we kind of, uh, like, I don't know. I feel like our generation kind of knows he's bad, but I want to go back, like, early 2000s. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, But you know what, Victor? Actually, the Cavaliers got rewarded again. Weird. LeBron's free agent in 2014. What did they get? First overall pick. It's a joke. Don't get me started. Oh, my God. Will you stop, dude? Will you stop? Tommy, no, Tommy, Will you I'm just be thankful? Will you that. just be thankful one day that he brought you two championships, dude? Will that's you just well be thankful, dude? You, Victor? I don't think it's so much a LeBron thing as it's just a Cleveland thing. Like, say this nope. happened in Milwaukee, Max really wouldn't care too much. But Dude. since it's just the city of Cleveland. Yeah. I completely agree. I completely Thank agree, you. Tommy. And Thank again, just to add to his Cleveland hate, he sent me a screenshot of a tweet last night where it was like, which <laughs> smaller market city would you least like to fight for? And the majority of people voted for Cleveland, and Max was like, laughing his ass off about it it's like dude leave <laughs> cleveland alone what has cleveland done to you first off miami got the better hand of cleveland the first time around in free agency when they got lebron and formed that big three what is wrong with you what's wrong with me what's wrong with them <laughs> all right okay let's let's keep this going tommy who comes in at the top of your list uh, just real quick, are you guys? Does everyone have Jamarcus Russell at number one? Yeah, I yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just um, <laughs> you can go, Tommy. Sorry. How, I mean, how could you not? Yeah. Like, I I think. I think the – you know what really did it for me was the Raiders. Have you guys ever heard about this story? The Raiders gave Jamarcus yeah, blank tapes, and when he came back <laughs> from the weekend, he described them as if they actually showed uh, defensive coverage and stuff like that of the opposing team. I think yeah. that is like one of the funniest stories. Also sad at the same time, but imagine getting paid that much money and not even <laughs> – I don't know. It's just sad. Just People sad. forget too, he didn't come back to like week, I think like 13. He was holding out the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. That's another good point, yeah. The audacity of that man holding out. Now, Tommy, I asked Max this last week, and I just want to get your opinion quickly, and then we can move on. But when you were doing your list, like, do you hold players? So, like, me and Max were talking about, like, a, uh, who was it last week? Oh, Greg Oden. Greg Oden. Players that don't pan out or don't live up to their hype due to injury, you hold them in the separate class than players that just – fail because their lack of passion or their lack of drive or lack of commitment, correct? Yeah, like for me, honestly, you know who could have easily made my list was RG3. You know, how much uh, Washington gave up for that pick? Yeah. You really only get one year, but are you really going to blame the guy for <clears throat> Mike Shanahan throwing him out there with his knee like that? Exactly, like, exactly. So I, I, I wasn't going to disrespect RG3 like that. Yeah. No, yeah. I you completely couldn't agree. make that opinion because you didn't know how good he was going to be after his rookie year, you know? They kind of just got injured and it's like, yeah, I had one good year and what could have been. So, yeah, one you never really year, knew. Then, then he went to Cleveland and it was just a disaster with him and Deshaun Kaiser. And now just, I mean, he's a good backup, good mentor. Like, good for him staying in the league and doing wow. his thing. Deshaun Kaiser. Remember Gruden loved him in the QB camp he did? Dude, yeah. yeah I was actually, 
Love that, love that Kaiser. Yeah. <laughs> I also, yeah. But I would give to get the QB camps back with uh, Gruden. Those were the best. They, they should do them anyways. Who gives a shit? Gruden loves every quarterback he looks at anyways. So he does, dude. He does. Nathan Peterman on the face, biggest yeah. Nathan Peterman fan in the face let him, of the earth. Let him do it anyways. I mean, he seriously, he he flirts with every new quarterback in the draft. Remember when Kyle Murray was a uh, getting drafted number one? Oh, yeah. They're saying Raider, Raider wanted to trade up for him. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I was just about. He loves. I was just about to say, I feel like this is the first draft since Gruden has been the head coach of the Raiders that. He, the Raiders haven't been linked to trading up for a quarterback or taking a quarterback in the first round of the draft. They should. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, no, yeah, Tommy, I just wanted to know, but, uh, yeah, I remember those Gruden camps. Those used to be – I remember – I want to say it was Trubisky where he made fun of him because he didn't know what a uh, hard count going on two was. I believe it was Trubisky, where like he was supposed to go on two, and he me. only said "hut" once, and Gruden was like, "No, you you gotta say it twice." Type, but yeah, no. Is when like they'd hit the field, and Gruden would get down the stance and be like a pass rusher. Oh yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no. You know what I love when he used to do. He was Andrew Luck. He goes, "This is six five now. This is two fifty now." Like he would just say out his whole like how tall he is, weight, height, everything. Yeah, wingspan. Tr- like he was loving it. Yeah, as if like saying it or like saying it louder, yeah. as Gruden does, like actually like <laughs> makes it real or something like that. Yeah, but I was actually really rooting for Deshaun Kaiser just because he was a Golden Domer. Yeah, no, me too. But you go into Cleveland and really only had one decent year. That, that, that's a that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah, but all right. Solid list, fellas, and I'm not too surprised that number one. Uh, again, there were plenty that could have been named, but I think Russell in our lifetime definitely takes the cake. All right, let's let's move on, and let's talk a little bit about baseball, Tommy. And we, we won't go too much into the entire league. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Yanks. Uh, I'll say my piece on the Mets, my weekly rant on the Mets. But before I do, I just want to also let people know that last night, we witness history. Otani, the pitcher for the LA Angels, was the first pitcher, first player in a hundred years to start a game while also leading the league in home runs. That is something I don't know if I ever expected to see in my lifetime, to be honest with you. Last one to do it, Babe Ruth. He was a former Yankee. Tommy, what are your thoughts on the Yanks? They were they were handled by the Dark Knight. They made they they made Matt Harvey look like the Matt Harvey of old. Are you ready to hit the panic button with the Yanks? What's going on? They made Michael Waka look like a Cy Young. Winner. Yeah. Like yep. What what are they doing? They're, this team, if if the big man upstairs, George Steinbrenner, was still around, the entire yep. team would be gone. Absolutely yep. shipped out, gone. Dunzo's boom would be fired. Like, yep. I've never seen so many bad base running mistakes by a major league team. <clears throat> last night, Judge going extending that to third, making the last out of third, when the play is literally, if that ball was coming in from right field, I'd cut him some slack. But that play is developing right in front of your face. you, you got to be better. And I don't, people could, oh, yeah, that run should have counted. That run wouldn't have mattered. And Boone going out there getting all jacked up, should he have been a little upset? Yeah, he should. But that's not a, that's not a fence where you're getting – toss for you're not screaming out fuck you to the ump as you're storming out there just because your team's playing bad and you're trying to get a spark you do that shit in the third inning not the eighth like that that didn't make sense to me 
in 22 games so far this year, because I did a lot of, I took some notes today. <laughs> 22 games this year, they've only had 10 instances where a pitcher has thrown five or more innings, and all of them, with the exception of, everyone's by either Cole or Montgomery. Cole's done it every outing. Montgomery's done it one, two, three, three times. And German and Talon have also done it once. And I get it. It's only 22 games into the year. But less than 50% of the time your starting pitcher is going five innings, that is terrible. Luckily, the Yankees' bullpen has been really well, but they're doing well. But they're, they're gassed. They got nothing left. This team, Victor, gun to your head. Who, who's leading the Yankees? Who has the highest batting average on the Yankees right now? Excluding Tyler Wade. <clears throat> Ooh. Frazier? Kyle Higashioka. Nope. Hit 286. Would have never guessed that. Would have never guessed that. And second, and second, and as a day-to-day starter, is Gio Urshela at 264. Stan, not hitting over 200. Hicks, not hitting over 200. Somehow Hicks keeps flirting with batting in the three order. Doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know what's going on there. Frazier, Frazier's been pissing me off too. This kid has been itching for a shot. And I think he's kind of... He's kind of been done dirty by the Yankees a little bit. I think he's deserved a, a shot that he hasn't really been getting, but he's finally got it this year, and he's batting a buck forty-three. He takes so many strikes night in and night out. It, it, the bat's just sitting on his shoulder. And in left field, he has wheels. When he's chasing down fly balls, like he made the, that great diving laying-out catch. This man running down the first baseline looks like he's got cinder blocks attached to his feet. I don't know what the hell is happening in New York. I don't know who's calling the shot. I don't know if it's Cashman dipping his hand in or Boone just being clueless. This this team needs a kick in the ass. We're only a month in. We're not overreacting. But I, I, I am not happy or comfortable if I'm a single player in that dugout right now. All right, I got a couple of questions, Tommy. One, let's say this trend continues, right? That, you know, may, maybe they're 500 couple games under 500 come June, July. Do you see any possibility? Well, str- scratch that. What do you think will it take for Boone to lose his job midseason? They, they would have to be in last going into like the all-star break. Okay. <clears throat> I think it'd be – I don't think he'd keep if, – if they miss the playoffs or anything. I mean, love or hate him, Joe Girardi, guy went to game seven of an ALCS against a team that we later now know was cheating. And got fired the next year well, for can- that offseason. So, but if he misses the playoffs, he's gone. Oh, definitely. I, I, I think that's there's no debate about that. It, it was more so because I don't know the last time the Yankees, if ever, have let go of a manager mid-season. So I just wanted to see your take. I mean, I, I see fans calling for. I'm sure. I'm sure Billy Martin had. It yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, but I, I see Yankee fans already calling for. Boone's job, right? But I'm glad you brought up Girardi. And I want to rewind a little bit. I understand he won one series, one World Series in 10 years, right? As Yankees manager, correct, Tommy? Yep. Did you think he was deserving of losing his job? Because I got to be honest with you. I'm not saying the Yankees were, you know, um, not talented, Right, but I always felt that Girardi got the most out of his teams, and I did not think. I mean, they've yet to get back to as far as they got with Girardi in this final season. So, did you ever think Girardi was 
deserving of losing his job? And did you ever think that Boone was an upgrade at manager? So, to answer the first part, yeah. uh, I don't think he was deserving to get fired, but I think it was just like, hey, you've been here for 10 years. I think we just need to change things up. Okay. Like, I, I, I think we need, like, if you look, I'm pretty sure Kevin Cash, if you look, he's the third longest tenured manager, and he hasn't even been there six or seven years. Oh, wow. If you look at MLB turnover rate and managers, like, the, the list is pretty short. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it goes um, Terry Francona and uh, L, the Dodgers manager. Oh, Dave Dodgers. Roberts. Yeah, those guys and Cash, those guys are the top three. And Francona has probably been, out of all of those, the longest, and, and he's still going to keep his job unless they really implode. And honestly, I feel like managers, well, I know there's like rumblings Girardi wanted like a pay raise, and I feel like managers now don't really get paid that much. So I feel like they wanted somebody new and cheaper. I don't know. Yeah. And I also I also heard that they were looking – oh, sorry. Continue, Don. I was just going to say, and looking back on it, I really don't think Boone has been that much of an upgrade. No. Do I think he's been worse than Girardi? Not entirely. I consider them kind of the same. I, I put Girardi, honestly, a little bit better of a manager. But I don't think, like, it definitely wasn't an upgrade, no. Okay. So, I also had a problem, and it didn't seem like the Yankee way to me. In, and, again, I, I'm not I'm not sure who said this, right? I'm not sure who won this. But they also viewed Boone as more of a player manager. And to me, the Yankees franchise has never been that way. Like, like I'm I'm not saying that there haven't been player ma- um player manager player friendly managers in their history, but that shouldn't be their go to for a manager. Like Girardi was tough on Sanchez, and I feel like that benefited him. You bring in a guy that's going to be softer. I mean, you've seen Sanchez has not been consistent as a player, both both at bat and behind the plate. So I just I never really understood it. And I know that they've still been able to win with Boone. I just don't view him as... Like, I don't think he was the reason that the Yankees would take that next step. To me, it was always about pitching and to go along with their high-powered offense. However, they've yet to address pitching fully. They keep hoping and relying on guys. And like this past offseason, you see them bring in uh, Kluber, correct, Tommy? Yep, Kluber, and they could have they could have gotten uh, Joe Musgrove for cheaper. Him, and then um, I I know he got injured with Houston, but o- Oda Rizzi is that how you pronounce his name? I always forget. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. something like that. They could have spent money on him. I mean, it's still the Yankees; they have money to go around. So I, again, it just very very confusing to me because I, I I feel like we've been repeating ourselves, and I know that the offense is struggling through the first month, but again, Stanton is a career struggle, uh, career slumper in the first month of the season. I expect Judge to turn it around, right? But when you have a Odor as your cleanoff guy with those two guys in the lineup, you know things are bad. Like you said, the bullpen has been strong. However, they're going to be gassed. And again, that's because besides Cole, they don't have solid pitching on that staff. And another really, really scary number is we're 22 games into the season and eight guys already have more than 15 strikeouts on the season. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. 
Judge himself has 21 strikeouts in 22 games, and he missed three or four games with his oblique. <laughs> like Aaron Hicks, 20 strikeouts yeah. so far this year. Really he's Yankee, striking, everyone calls and, him. Like, I, I don't – I mean, those guys are averaging more than a strikeout per game. How, how, how do you as a manager, like, not lose your mind? in the dugout or like you see and they're like especially in the analytical age or whatever like whatever you want to call the data the whatever how do you look at those numbers and not be completely terrified yeah like i did like they're they're literally on pace they are on pace to have 162 strikeouts minimum each you're striking out once a game that's crazy. And I know there's like a lot of guys. Like, pretty sure Judge uh, two years ago had almost over 200 strikeouts. Like, I get it. Like, 162 in the grand scheme would be a decent year for him. But it's just, it's amazing to me how, like, that is, like, a, oh, whatever. He'll he'll hit a home run every once in a while. The guy's well, batting 250. That's a problem with today's, today's game. And honestly, Tommy, it's too much. All or nothing, and there's no more. There's no more contact hitters. There's there's very few guys that will consistently hit over three hundred. It's long ball or strikeout. It seems like this the majority of guys. The worst situational hitting and base running team I have ever witnessed oh, yeah. in my entire life. Yeah, well, all you gotta do is look a uh, burrow over, and you'll see a team just as bad hitting with runners in scoring position. But I'm I'm sorry, Victor, and this will be a decent segue into this. That video of the Mets, like, third inning or whatever, where the ball Dude, no, was I wasn't even won. kidding. It looked like a Little League team out there. No, dude, I... Oh, I, my God. I'm not kidding. I swear, if my dad ever videotaped me playing baseball, you would have thought I was out there in, like, <laughs> in, in seventh grade, dude. I swear. It was a joke. I, I was like, I, I, I see myself out I there. I think that was real. Dude, neither did I. Neither did I. I, I couldn't believe... Because I didn't... I I... I saw when they went up to nothing, and then I was uh, I forget what I was doing, but then I tuned back in. And I was like, "What the hell happened?" And then later, I saw the next two innings, the innings filled with errors on on Twitter. I was like, "That's not a professional baseball team out there." No, you know what that is, Victor. And honestly, you could say the same thing for the Yankees. It's a team that's not focused. That stuff Agreed. doesn't happen to teams that are focused and locked in. They're they're out there just playing baseball. It was a cold night in Chicago. Shit, I don't want to be out here. Yeah, well, can I just say this too, Tommy? And first off, a team not focused, that's on the manager. And to me, Luis Rojas yes. got a second opportunity because of how short of the season was last year, right? He's not the guy. I truly don't believe Steve Cohen and Sandy Olsen believe he's the guy. They wanted to give him a chance, right? I don't think he lasts past this year. I, I do think that he will finish the year. I don't think he lasts past this year, though, right? But here's a here's, I mean, here's hell, you can bring you can bring uh what's his name back Beltron Beltron yeah because you know Fox why what the hell why not you know why because the other two managers that were part of the uh, the incident the cheating scandals both with back Houston and Boston they're back in baseball but Beltron isn't okay just just had a year long vacation yeah. Yeah, in a, in, in a shortened pandemic season, those poor guys. Exactly, sure exactly. It wasn't even the full 162 games. They had to sit out, what, was it 60, 60 games? 60 games. And they have yep. a job again, yeah. And, and Cora, Cora, I'm mind-boggled, has a team with the same team he conducted the cheating scandal with. Yeah, that guy's a scumbag. Yeah. He is a, such a scumbag. But uh, real quick about the Mets, my biggest thing about the Mets, too, two things, right? 
A, you see their defense now. Tommy, yes, you're right. That's not a focused team. But coming into the year, Rojas even admitted, we don't have the best defensive team out there. And that's to improve our offense. Well, our offense has been piss poor to start the season. And they're not playing defense, okay? Now, why is that the case when I don't hear any other team saying, oh, well, we have to sacrifice defense for offense? I don't see many other teams. I don't see any other team saying that in the league, okay? Oh, uh, the Yankees don't have a shortstop on their roster. Well, okay. <laughs> Everybody's second or third baseman. <laughs> okay. But so that's one. Two is, Tommy, I understand a guy going into a slump, right? I haven't seen any other team besides the Mets since I was born go into a team-wide slump, okay? These guys go weeks without hitting, okay? They lose games one, two, two to one because they just can't hit the ball. I mean, their pitcher, Jacob DeGrom, has to do everything, and I'll get to him in the moment, but it's ridiculous. Alonzo, I will give credit, has started to hit the ball better. Conforto, I'm sorry. I've never been a big Conforto guy. I was not ready to give him a big-time contract extension just after 60 games last season. He's never been clutch. I don't know if he ever will be clutch, okay? McNeil has surprised me. I thought coming into the season he was going to be battling for a batting title, and he very well might. Again, it's not panic time just yet. Lindor struggled in the first month, and again, it'd be okay if it was one or two guys. It's from the top to the bottom of the lineup. I just don't understand it. Now, the one, the one silver lining, and Tommy, I want to get your your input on this. And Max, feel free to jump in too. I don't mean to just have a one-on-one with Tommy. I apologize, but no, I just I don't real quick. I'll, okay, real quick. I know I uh, I put on there, Max too. What did I tell you about these Yankees the past couple of years? You know, I everyone puts these guys in a damn mantra. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know what I mean. Whatever. <laughs> this team sucks. They've sucked the past three years. I'm sorry. They make the playoffs. It's all well and good. Everybody wants to make Judge, you know, a staple Yankee. Give him a statue. No, no. Tommy, you know where I'm coming from. What happened to the good old days when we had real Yanks on the team? That's what I miss. This team there's not, sucks. There's not a Boone real Yankee on that roster. Nope. I mean, Passion. actually, I guess, I guess, like, gun to my head, I'd probably have to say Brett Gardner, but. i say DJ. It's in clutch. Yeah. Gardner, I've had enough of it. Yeah, you know what? M- m- maybe Gardner, even though I don't care for him. But, yeah, I mean, you know. Whatever. Well, Gardner. Cashman, Gar- have a good one. Cashman, you suck. Gardner, I've had enough of this guy. Gardner is a career Yankee. However, at this point yeah. in his career, I, Jesus, yeah. you can't expect much. You know. Oh, you- and I, I, I'm sorry, too. What happened to this veteran leadership Gardner provides in a locker room? I haven't seen it. Where is it? <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, that, you know. It just makes these Yankees fans. I'm sorry, but it's just, you know, it's Jaron Judge and this guy and this guy. And, you know, it's just, I don't see it. I don't know. Now, mind you, I'm not watching games up here, right? I've watched about maybe six, seven games this year. But, you know, listen, standings don't lie. No, just real quick, Tommy. Sorry, and then you can have your rebuttal. Veteran leadership. Uh, Tommy, you probably know better than me. Did anyone pull Torres to the side after he didn't run out that ground ball? Oh, no shot. That game? No. I mean, what, that's unacceptable. It'd be one thing yeah. if you were being productive and everything, but his war is awful, and I'm not a big war guy, but if that's going to be a stat in baseball, you got to run that out each ball. You know what's funny, too, is uh, 
Ronald Acuna Jr. did that last year or two years ago, and everyone in media flipped out on him. Like all, and even like reporters in Atlanta, like no one, even managers, it got leaked out. Were like, or coaches in the locker room, got on his ass. You haven't heard a peep of that about Torres. You have not heard a single peep. Does Gary get it sometimes? Yeah, when he hits like when he thinks it's a homer and he's going to pimp it a little bit and try to first. He does that the ball at the top of the wall. Yeah, he does that all the time. I've never seen somebody who hit home runs for a living is so bad at like knowing if he's a home run or not. He yeah. it's not like once in a while. It's he does everything. it happens like at least three times a year. Yeah, and what you you're just kind of but you can't be doing that as as Glaber. You can, you can't. You know what this team doesn't have. And I was never a big uh, Ronald Torres fan, but he was like a little spark plug. I love that guy. He needed I something like to get. I liked him, but like he's not a guy like I would want starting. No, he was good, he was a good bench guy. He was you know. Yeah. No, I I thought like I said he was like a spark plug. He was that uh, give you a little fun. Dd, that's all he's the locker room guy. Entire crew, huge locker room guy. Yeah. The Yankees don't have a single locker room no. guy. Well, they got Brett Gardner. He's been there forever. You know that's what I, they sell you every year. I kind of think if I had to pick somebody, it'd probably be Voight, and I hope when he comes back, that helps. But, like, Garrett Cole is just a psychopath. Yeah. He's not He's not going to be, like, happy being fun with the boys and, in the locker room. And Tanaka, too. I feel like everybody liked Tanaka. Yeah, everyone loved Tanaka. I don't it's, know. Yeah, I just – I think, I think so Cashman – if, if they end up sucking this year in no playoffs, I'm sorry. Cashman's got to go. They got to get somebody new in there. Act like they're the freaking Yankees. Yeah, it's the same same thing with like. I think Cashman's very overrated. And I think he has way too much influence on what. Oh happens yeah, dude. I, ever since MLB teams have been spending money, what have the Yankees done? That that used to be their thing. We just spend the most money out of anybody, and we win. Now you know teams are spending money like the Yankees do. And now what has he done? Yeah, um, listen. I think look I, at the Dodgers, dude. Yeah. Look at that roster. And even look at look at the Padres, all the money that they started shelling out, and look how great that roster is. Well, let's go for it. Show your show your fan base you give a shit, not just these little patch jobs like Kluber. Well, that's like, really that's who else do they get? Jay Bruce, bro. Oh Tweet. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think both. I, I, of you, I think both of you make great points. I really do. And when you when it comes down to it, right, the Yankees might have enough talent to go out there and beat bad teams in the league, right? And there are plenty of bad teams. But really, talent-wise, they're not on the level of, uh, you know, who's a dominant... Uh, even 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 teams in their own division, are they as talented as the Red Sox? Are they as talented as the Rays? Okay? Are they as talented as the Angels? I, I don't think so. I don't know. I think yeah. they're better than the Angels. But the, but for the most part, yeah, you're right. But that also me just being really optimistic that the Yankees can be just Trout and uh, Anthony Rendon. Well, okay. I mean, I guess I was more so. You're not wrong. More more so wrong, distracted yeah. by the Angels' strong start to the season. But I'm just saying that I I just don't I just don't look at this Yankees team and say they should be an AL favorite. Do I think that they? could win enough games to make the playoffs? Yes, I do. But to be, beat one of the better teams in the AL in the best of five, best of seven, I don't think that they are constructed that way right now. No. Hell no. Yeah. Hell no. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? Yeah. Now, this team sucks. 
Now, I just, I want to get back to DeGrom real quick and then we can move on. But, uh, Tommy, I don't mean to get too emotional here, but when DeGrom pitches, man, I don't know if I've ever enjoyed watching someone pitch more than I have DeGrom. His last outing was probably the Mets' best pitching performance in the last decade plus. And that's including, I I know it took place in 2009, even better than Johan Santana's no-hitter, okay? That was a thing of beauty. Complete game shutout, 15 strikeouts, third straight start with 14 or more strikeouts, one of only three pitchers do that in Major League history. This guy is um, unbelievable. And then he's hitting over 500 on the year. He drove in a run his last time. He has more RBIs than he does earned runs, okay? Earned runs allowed. Two to one. This man, and I don't expect him to keep up, keep it up on both sides, right? At the plate and on the mound. But man, if the Mets make the playoffs and the Grom has another Cy Young performance... I think he could be in talks for MVP as well. And I'm not the biggest advocate for pitchers winning MVP, but this guy is something special. I mean, yeah, the guy deals, but they still lose when he's on the mound. And I know it's not his fault or anything. I'm just so pissed. I keep betting the Mets with the Grom on the mound, expecting an easy dub, and it just just killed my bank account. Okay, let me ask you this. When it's it comes a personal to, issue I got with the team right now. Yeah, which, yeah, I wish I could say something. Listen, I'm just as upset as you are, and I don't bet on the game. But let me ask you this. When it comes down to it, are you a wins should be the de- deciding factor with awards like Cy Young, or are you more of an ERA type guy? Uh, I used to be more of an ERA type guy until Rick Porcillo won, and I got really pissed about that. That was a if you go look at Verlander's number that year compared to Porcello's, but Porcello, Verlander was oh, pitching for the Tigers who sucked, yeah. and Porcello had 21 wins with like a three-something ERA, and Porcello got it for the wins. But I, I personally think there's more to it. Like the year DeGrom won with what? Did he, didn't he almost have like a losing record or whatever? It was, ended up being Yeah, he was like 10-9, I want to say. Like that, those numbers were ridiculous. It's not even close to who the best pitcher in baseball was that year. It's just, I just, I'm going to feel bad. Like when DeGrom's Hall of Fame comes up and he's going to have no wins. Oh yeah. Like he's still going to get in because he's the most dominant pitcher of an era or last couple years, at least four or five years. And he, they're, they're going to be like, Oh yeah. You only finished with 98 wins. You're just going to be sitting there. Yeah. Not much you can really do on that. Yeah. I, I honestly think that even more so, like, I don't think that DeGrom winning, right? I, I I understand to a point the wins argument, right? But even more so than that, I think Porcello winning the Cy Young is probably the biggest asterisk to that award in league history. I, I still can't believe that Rick Porcello, and I know he was a 20-game winner, right? But you look at that Red Sox team, their offense was uh, high. They scored five runs a game. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, they were a juggernaut. I, I think that that is the biggest tarnish on the ward in, in history. Other than that, I, I understand wins should be a main factor, right? But when you watch, when 
DeGrom passes the eye test. And you saw that even in those years where he barely won double-digit games, he was not the reason he did not win those ball games. No, I agree. Yeah. But, no, it just, it, it's really, it's been special to watch. And as a Mets fan, I can't believe that he's actually part of my team. And I just hope that with Steve Cohen now in charge, Alderson, Alderson back in the, uh, back in the, uh, what's it called, um, front office, I, they better put a team. They better construct a team around the ground because to waste that type of talent and not get him a ring will be a crime. Uh, will be a true sports crime. And honestly, the Mets have him on a super team friendly. Oh field. yeah! Oh yeah! He has one of the best contracts in sports yep. for how good he is. Yeah, the fact that that might have been the best Wilpon scam out of them all. The fact that they were able to <laughs> lock up Degrom to a long term deal, but. Yeah, so I, I mean, very frustrating starts for both New York teams, Tommy. Hey, at least the Mets are in first place, though. Yeah, just because the rest of the NL East has had just as bad, if not worse, of a start to the season. And I keep thinking that if the Mets are able to get on a consistent playing schedule, not have every other game canceled due to weather or coronavirus, uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll be able to get something going offensively. But we'll see. Also, the rest of the I know Strowman had a tough outing this past Saturday, but uh, Taewon Walker has been one of the more underrated, He's been really one of the best season. free agent pickups this offseason so far. But, all right, let's talk about another pitcher, guys, real quick. And there's been some debate about this, and it's about Madison Bumgarner's performance against the Braves on Sunday. Now, it was a doubleheader, so it was a seven-inning game, but he threw a complete game shutout without allowing a hit. Baseball implemented the seven-inning doubleheaders prior to last season. Again, that was the COVID-shortened season. They carried over to this year. He threw, no, he threw a complete game shutout, no hits, but it will not be counted as a no-hitter. Max, I'll start off with you. Do you believe that it should be? Uh, I mean, if it's seven in game and he doesn't let any hits, then yeah, I'd say it's a no-hitter. That's that's what, you know, the qualifications are. So, yeah, I consider it a no-hitter. Tommy, what about you? All right. I consider it a no-hitter, but apparently the sport of baseball doesn't believe in uh, this really cool tool in the English language called an asterisk. <laughs> put a little mark on something to like mark, hey, there's an irregularity with uh, something going on here, or there's something you might want to check. Uh, count this, but feel free to look at the other side pieces that go into it. Um, I don't think it's really fair for Madison Bumgarner for people not to call it one, because if it's not like... It's not his fault that the game only was seven innings. It was a doubleheader. Yeah. There's still six outs left, and who anything could happen in those six outs. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I think he's gonna catch. He's yeah, he's catching a bad break. Like he should be a part of history, throwing a no hitter. But again, why can't we just throw an asterisk shortened game? Yeah, I agree with that. So my my answer my answer technically has an asterisk to it as well, Tommy. Because I'm going to say no if 
this rule doesn't last past this season. And I don't know, I don't know what this might be more wishful thinking, but to me, this is still a COVID affected season, right? Yes, there are more games being played than last year, but part of me is really hoping that again, they only did rules like the seven inning doubleheader and starting a guy on second base to, to start extra innings is just a short-term thing. Now, if they make these permanent, if they continue these rules for the future, then yes, it should be considered a no-hitter, okay? And what really what really surprised me was Bumgarner, you think of Bumgarner, the great career he had with the San Francisco Giants, he's never thrown a no-hitter. He's never had a perfect game. So that really is surprising to me and it really makes you feel bad for Bumgarner that much more again like you said Tommy he didn't do anything wrong it wasn't like he stopped the game or at least stopped the game with two innings left and again I I'm I'm in the middle just because it wasn't a complete baseball game in my mind and to me this is not this should not be an actual rule moving forward to me these two seasons will always be considered different now if they implement these rules full-time then yes it should be a no-hitter to me because otherwise what's the point of playing the game okay it's a complete game in the minds of mlb then a pitcher went out there through a complete game didn't allow a hit that's a no-hitter okay if not then why does the game even count yeah no exactly like he he did everything he needed to do and now he's getting like I said, he's not like he's getting penalized but he's being held out of something you know like if a fraternity he should be a part of exactly but he something completely out of his control is keeping him out of it yeah so i just I, again and baseball i and it's so funny because i was actually thinking about what would happen in a scenario like this and it was only a couple of days before the bum garner no hitter not actually a no hitter game but again this is this is all of the result of Manfred not knowing what he's doing and implementing these gimmicky childish rules I mean Tommy come on you're you're probably a baseball purist like I am baseball is nine innings okay that's as that's as basic as it gets just like baseball is played on a diamond yeah uh for me the biggest thing though is like if you look all throughout the minors they're doing all this crazy stuff. Like they're moving the mound halfway through the year. They're moving the mounds back half a foot in certain leagues. Uh, other leagues, they're shrinking strike zones to see what it could do. Um, adding different kind of game clocks to speed up the game. I, I, I didn't realize baseball was this unwatchable. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> no. Like I, this is. I get it. Like do the games kind of drag? Yeah. So let's put a runner on second base for the the some often not very occasions where we go to extras. Oh wait! You mean the Padres and Dodgers went seventeen, sixteen innings with this extra rule? But I thought, how did this happen? Our person on second was going to solve this. Like, yeah, baseball is a slow game. You know what else is a really slow game that draws a ton of attention? Golf. Golf is a four, five-hour round on the Masters Sunday, and guess what? It gets crazy amount of viewership. And another thing with the extra innings rule. Is it late? Maybe because baseball's so late. Like when extra innings happen, it is late at night. But 
people are going to watch. Like, it's exciting. Like, oh, man, like a sudden death, next run wins. Why are we adding so many, like, so many of these intangibles to change the game? It makes no sense to me. But, like, Devin eating doubleheader, it irks you a lot more than it irks me because, like, it is a lot of baseball. And most of the times they're playing again the next day unless they are lucky enough to get a travel day. Where the whole seven innings, it really doesn't bother me. But then on the flip side, like, you can watch a guy like Cole or DeGrom or Scherzer or, like, Bumgarner in the start where your starter is just going to grind it out if your guy's good enough. Good luck beating him. Good luck getting him to our bullpen. So, like, it, it isn't, like, a true baseball game. Like, so I understand, like, where you're coming from with that. And it makes – it honestly makes me draw further into your side of it. But I just – again, I didn't understand baseball was was so impossible and terrible to be around and watch to where we have to completely reinvent the game at this point. Exactly. Exactly. And, and again, Tommy, you know, you want to push the mound back? Okay. I, I could get on board for that. A pitch clock? Sure. Right? You know, you the basic rules of the game you're starting to tarnish, and I don't agree with it. And, you know, again, my feeling is you like baseball or you don't. Uh, you know, you can't please everybody, okay? And maybe, maybe, uh, Tommy, you talked about, what was it, uh, uh, decreasing the size of the strike zone? Maybe you should focus on improving your umpires behind the plate so that they can actually call a fair and accurate strike zone. Maybe you'll have more people tune in if the officials, the refs of the game, actually know what they're doing. Maybe if you didn't punish players for showing emotion, being charismatic, being enthusiastic, allowing them to have fun, you would have more viewers instead of suspending players for inciting a benches clearing brawl when really it's just the benches clearing okay i i just i feel like mlb is is changing the wrong areas of the game and not actually making the sport better no no that that wasn't that wasn't a brawl it was a it was a covid exposure we can have we can have you guys on the field together super spreader yeah yeah super spreader yep yep or maybe or maybe victor even just to pile on God forbid you invest in any type of marketing scheme or marketing fund. Yep. Mike Trout should have been one of the Mike Trout should have been what Griffey was. He had that type of skill and just no marketability. Even Bryce Harper, as much as I can't stand him, people love seeing a fiery guy jacked up like that. Not a single touch of marketing at all in the NFL or in the MLB. I'm sorry. Tommy. It's it's insane. Tommy. This is why nobody watches or wants to play because it's not fun. You're not like making like a great atmosphere, like promoting it the way you should. Tommy, people love controversy. You know who's a controversial figure with how he conducts himself? Bryce, Bryce Harper. Harper, okay? Whether you love or hate him, he could have been the face of MLB, okay? Yeah, even, even the bad boy. Let yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Mike Trout. The way he, I mean, we, he goes, he goes unnoticed because more so to me because of the team he plays for, right? The second class team in LA, but MLB missed a uh, golden opportunity with Mike Trout. Okay. Like you said, I think that's a good comparison. He could be like Ken Griffey. All right. Ken Griffey Jr. 
But no, you there's... could argue he, he's probably a better baseball player than Griffey was. No, definitely, definitely. I would make that argument. Yeah, I think so too. I think you can make that argument definitely. But uh, again, they they don't make the most of their top players, and I think marking that's another great point, Tommy. But I just think that they're focusing on the wrong areas and changing too much of the game. And and no, they're gonna they're gonna really piss off. They're really gonna piss off the fans the fans that they do have left. Yep, it's I don't know, and, and maybe you don't make games like ridiculous, like fifteen dollars for a beer at Yankee Stadium. Like, come on, I get it, it's Yankee Stadium, and that's just the price you're gonna pay. But maybe we set more fun regulations like that instead of oh, when when ESPN goes to the ballpark and we we feature the big fun meal that they have, and it can be yours for twenty five dollars. Well, when you come. can like, I come just on. can I just also say that's another area and I don't know how much MLB could really have have to do with this because I'm not sure how much say a league has with the media has over the media how much power they have but ESPN does baseball no favors whatsoever first off their broadcast team for Sunday night Wednesday night baseball is hard to watch I, I sometimes I truly think I'd rather have the game on mute than hear the guys that they have because they're very rarely talking about the teams playing in that game right baseball has never talked about okay but two you know maybe you do need to lower tickets or do something because tommy it's almost embarrassing to me that a professional actual game i mean tommy even before the pandemic baseball stadiums filled a third half of the way full right besides maybe a rivalry game or, or definitely postseason postseason sells out right but i'm watching games in the middle of june middle of july and the stadium is a third capacity it's almost embarrassing to see how Beautiful empty nice the stadium people would like is. to go to the ballpark exactly the exactly and a third of the a third of the way full come on yeah Exactly. Like, maybe we're we're trying to fix the wrong things here in baseball. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's off the field issues that we need to take a better look at. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about letting the kids play and having fun, and then the moment they do that, you either find them or suspend them. Come on now. I'm surprised Tatis didn't get suspended for covering his eye. I know. I know. I. Yeah. No, I know. And and that's the type. That's what we need more for, more of. And I I'm not a fan of him, but I give him props. Bauer got schooled twice by Tatis, and he came out and said, listen, I think it's fun. I think it's great when uh, players boast, and it's soft of pitchers to throw at them. We need to make the game more fun. Bryce Harper, love him or hate him, his whole mantra a couple years back was make baseball fun again. So I think the players are for it. It's just that they need to watch out for the watchdog, and that's the higher-ups in the MLB from punishing them. But... Yeah, I, I just I, I get so frustrated because I really do love the game of baseball and I wish I wish people loved it for the game that it was, right, and appreciated it. But at the same time, you either do or you don't. And if you don't, I don't want the league catering to everyone's wishes. Exactly. But all right, let's let's move on. Let's Tommy Max, do you have anything else you wanted to add on to that? No, I think baseball just needs to you know, you, you can't help them if they don't want help with with uh yeah their their uh, commissioner. So that's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah, Manfred's a joke. But all right, let's let's move on to the NBA real quick. 
because we still got to get into our draft preview where we count down our top 10 picks. But Max, my Knicks, their streak ended last night. They lost to Phoenix 118 to 110. They played Phoenix tough, right? But Devin Booker, Chris Paul was a bit too much. Which, by the way, did you see Chris Paul's dagger? That that was such a... that, That just put the seal on it that it wasn't the next night and the streak was meant to end but hey listen i i, I gotta give new york a lot of credit they are in still in prime position for the playoffs okay and i just i think last night was more so of a wake-up call than anything listen the knicks can beat lesser teams that can beat bad teams but i think last night was just a reminder that they don't have enough to compete for a championship just yet. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. And I'm not giving up on this season. I'm not giving up on watching them in the playoffs. I just feel that you take a look at a team like the Phoenix Suns. They're more talented. They're better set up for a championship run than the New York Knicks. Do you think I'm being too hard on them, Max? No, no. Um, I, Yeah, I don't know if you saw my tweet today, but I'll be honest with you, Victor. I never think I say these words, but... I'm over this NBA season. Really? I'm just over it. Yeah, I just it's just it's not even that like the Heat have been up and down this year and just been giving up leads left and right and whatever. But it's just like if you look at the top teams, LA's been banged up this year. Denver's been banged up. Yeah. Uh, Miami. I mean, Boston. Jason Tatum's 23 years old and has inhaler now because of COVID. Yeah. You, you know, I, I'm just like those four teams got penalized for going far in the bubble. And they've been banged up. I know. I mean, I know every team. Like, look at the Raptors. You know, they can't go home. You know, they're playing in Tampa Bay, for God's sake. So, you know, everyone's kind of dealing with this COVID season. I mean, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I just want it to be over. I'll be honest with you. I don't really, I mean, I still watch, but I'm just like, let's get the next offseason going because it's just, I don't know. I, I think this year deserves more of an asterisk than, you know, the whole bubble talk, honestly. Wow. Tommy, do you, uh, do you have any uh, feelings similar to that? Uh, honestly, I, 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 I kind of as soon as baseball season started, I, I kind of fully tapped out on the NBA. That's fair. That's I fair. just all I know is every day when I turn on ESPN, it seems like the only team left playing is the Nets, and everyone's getting hurt. Yeah, so, uh, it's kind of all. And I did. I was following the mixed streak for a little bit though. Yeah, no, that's fair because I really, I mean, they've they've garnered a lot more of my attention as of late because they actually give me something to watch. They provide me with fun and, and, and i'm sure you guys obviously also got it but the uh how the knicks might be the hot destination this summer for uh superstars yeah well okay i'll i'll believe it when i see it okay yeah, who's I mean, it's not gonna be this summer unless it's a trade because this trade sequence is terrible yeah i know i i saw i it's saw nobody i saw i saw someone predicted the rosen would go to the next i'm like really that's who we're Aiming for this season uh, again. I'm not. I mean, it feels like a, it feels like a one year deal, like you know, balloon, like one year twenty million. I'd be worth it. I think. No, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But but again, I I haven't heard any real yeah. big names. Well, you know, another thing too that I'm not happy about. What's up, Adam Silver? Is that guys have been playing? I think seven. I think the Heat played seven games in twelve days. That's just insane. No, I know, I know, and, and again, I, I mean, it's, it's not even the Heat. Like you know, everyone in the league doing this shit. Like it's just insane. Like I, I feel like everyone's burnt out basically, except for I mean. Look at the Knicks and look at the Hawks. I'm not putting anything against them. They've been pretty good this year. But, you know, those teams haven't played since, what, March? That's when the league got shut down and they didn't go to the bubble. Their guys are fresh. You know, they're they're not burnt out of basketball. You know, they're happy to be here. 
No, agreed. Agreed. Hey, I mean, like these other teams, like the, the top four, everyone's just burnt out, and hey, I just want the season over with. I just want to, I want to start over. Yeah, no, I, I I agree, and I really think that MLB and NBA are the two most affected by COVID, uh, with the scheduling, with the amount of games, and all that. But Max, I I'm shocked though, but I I, I do sort of agree with you. It does seem like. It does seem like now, do I think that there should be more of an asterisk on this year than last? Eh, I don't know about that because I, I still get a kick out of the Mickey Mouse championship the Lakers won and all that and playing inside I mean, the bubble. You know damn well I would love to put an asterisk on those damn Lakers, but I can't. No, no I know. <laughs> no, I know. But, I you know, I just, I, I don't. I know it is kind of odd with all the injuries and everything, and and it does seem like I, I mean the mainstream media will only focus on the Lakers and Nets anyway, but it doesn't seem like a true NBA season. It, it seems off, and I don't know what exactly it is. I really think that the lack of a true off season and all that had an effect on and the amount of games that teams are playing and short amount of windows and all that. But it, it does seem it does seem strange, Max. I will give you that. I think that you, you know raised what, good I feel like points. The bubble games, the bubble games are pretty good. People forget like how intense they were. Yeah. And how everything was situated. Like now, like I'm just talking about, um, like obviously Miami. But there's one game in Philadelphia. They had Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Max Struess, Precious Achua, and uh, I forget who their four was at the time. Oh, Chris Silva with starting lineup against Sixers with Ben Simmons and Silva and uh, Embiid. I mean, like it was a JV team against a varsity team, basically. Like with COVID and stuff, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, I'll be honest with you too. I'm a little burned out too of this of the NBA. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It's different this year. I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks were probably the best surprise, and I did not expect this. But everything else, I'm just not really into this season. I'm yeah, not. no, I. I'm really not either, honestly. And I mean, granted, if the Heat were you know better and more consistent, yeah, I'm sure I'd be a little bit more chipper. But it's just just in general, like I don't know, I just I don't know. But you know, they're playing games, so thank God for that, right? Well, Tommy, you go ahead. I was gonna say, I think the playing games might kind of bring that bubble atmosphere. At least that's what they're trying to recreate. No, no, they no. You're you're right. They definitely are. But I just don't like the playing game, honestly. I think it's just it's I don't know. I said this before, but I don't like how if a seven seed loses the eighth seed, and let's say they have to play the ten seed, the ten seed, let's say hypothetically, is like eight, nine games out of even making the eighth seed. Why the hell do they get rewarded for being playing the seven seed and they beat them? Like, I mean, that's just stupid. That's insane. No, Max, I I completely agree, and and this is a good. I I want to move on from the Lakers. I it really yeah. to to me. It'll be fine. Let LeBron be healthy. Yeah, he's coming back. Exactly, and there's there's only a short amount of games. I don't see them blowing either lead that we were going to talk about. But uh, you know, Max, we we, t- we touched upon this a little bit last week, and I think you started to make a great point too. You know, especially in the East, Max, wh- what is it from the seventh seed to what the tenth seed? Yeah. Right. You know, to me, you play a full eighty-two game season. You win the amount of games that you do. You shouldn't be punished. Okay. Yeah. When you beat, when you did better than the team, and then you have to play that same team in the best of what three games, right? Anything could happen. All right. And to me, that's gonna only 
make for worse basketball come playoffs because already it's such a rarity for the eighth seed to beat the number one. Now, what are you going to get the tenth seed playing the number one? Yeah. More times than not. And like two more games too. Exactly. And more times than not, in the East, the ninth, tenth seed, those teams are under 500. That doesn't make for exciting basketball to me. I just don't get like this. We got to get the eighth seed. It's like, do, do you? I mean, I think yeah. those. You want those playoff money? I mean, I get it, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I, no, I, yeah, I, I'm 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 not happy with Silver. I'm I'm really not happy with him this year. It's, it's this he's very uh, he's disappointing me. I mean, it's not just me, obviously. But NBA Twitter has just been calling him out left and right, and it's just I've never seen a 180 this quick before. Literally like 72 days, because you know that's when the bubble was over with, and they came back playing. Yeah, so like, yeah. People, people aren't happy with him. A lot of people are not happy with him. Yeah, I know. I really thought he was the best commissioner in the yeah in in, in sports, and he's really he's really surprised me. And I'm still confused as to how this playing game, playing games, really make the sport that much more well, entertaining. More money too. Well, that's true. That is true. And and again, no matter what sport we're talking about, at the end of the day, it's a yep. business. But Tommy, are you a fan of the playing games? Do you like them? Um, honestly, not really, because, yeah, for the same thing, like, why, like, what happens when that low seed that really has zero business just gets hot in one game? And, all right, congrats, you made the playoffs. And also, what, how will that, how, you guys would know better than me, how does this, like, affect the lottery and stuff like that? Like, say you are a high seed that loses, are you now a lottery pick team? And, like, do you get a chance to maybe move up in the draft, or how does that work? I, I know, I, I believe your record, just your record, so if it's, if they showed you were the seventh seed, then you know you're, you'll get that draft pick. Okay. And and very similar to what I said about the seventh inning and tenth inning runner on second rule, right? With baseball, to me the playing games should have been just for last year's bubble and this year, okay? And then have a normal year and get back to the way things were. But no. I, again, they're trying to they're trying to fix something that isn't broken. I did not hear anyone complain, anyone really calling for playing games before COVID. Okay, and yes, it was great for the bubble. I agree with that. Okay, those were uh, different circumstances. That those were extreme measures. Now, to me, you do it this year, and it should be over with. But no, yeah. they're continuing well, they, with they it. Bubble because you know Portland lost to uh, LA in five, so you know them beating Memphis was just huge, huge, huge for them. Well, yeah, game. okay, <laughs> all right. That's it's just fair. you know I just it's just stupid. Like yeah, I'm sorry. I hate to be like you know this all oh, the nerds are ruining shit, but when it comes to this basketball shit, they are. You know what the next thing they're trying to do? No conferences in the NBA, none. This yeah, no, I know, game. I know. That yeah. one, that one, I will riot. Yeah, I, I will cry for that one. No, and Max no conferences, and and Max, I think we were talking about it last week. Oh, playing games! If uh, it's only going to happen if a team is within a certain amount of games of the team ahead of them, I'm sorry, but what's the difference between the team being three games back or seven games yeah. back at season's end? At the end of the day, you didn't. No, I, w- I'm wondering. You didn't I'm win wondering. as many games as the team ahead of you, so therefore you do not deserve the same rewards, aka the playoffs, as the team ahead of you does. I I, I just don't understand it. And honestly, if my team was a 10th or 9th seed and they were like seven wins away or like, you know, of making the playoffs or whatever or games back, I would rather just rest and get the draft pick, honestly. Like, well, I, I don't – you know, yeah, I'm not fighting to get swept or losing five in the first round or second. Exactly. Or, or the, against the first or second seed. I, I could – no. 
Well, I was just about to say, Max, and, and I feel like more so than uh, baseball. Well, I mean, baseball, you got to play a series, right? But again, anything can happen. Football, it's a one game. Basketball, I mean, I, you might get a game, but really, more times than not, the eighth seed is swept by the yeah. number one. And it's, it's playoff season, too. You know, everyone's locked in more. Exactly, exactly. So I, I just don't understand. I really don't. I don't. It's stupid. Oh, yeah, I'm. It's, it's yeah. I'm not. I'm not really too happy this year, but I, I'm yeah, not playing. Some, so for some reason, these sports are trying to reinvent the wheel. And it doesn't yeah. make sense to me because ratings have been increasing the most out of any of the big four sports. The NBA has been doing the best. I know. I new audience is doing better. What needs to change? Like I, what? What? What along the line? We're like, you know what? Yeah. The, these maybe the maybe the ninth seat should get in. How about let's let's mix it up a little bit here. Let's do this. Like, why why do we have to reinvent the wheel? Yeah, I yeah. don't. I don't. I don't. It, Dude, I, it's really is. It comes down to. I hate being this guy, but it's it's those little blog boys, nerds with NBA Twitter. They write these columns and it gets traction. Like, oh wow, this this seems great. It's like, no, can we just play basketball? Yeah, exactly. Can we just do that, please. Instead of all this nonsense, can we just play. Yeah, and and Tommy, listen, I I I seriously, I wanted to make that point earlier, but. Good job because I forgot about. It. You are one hundred percent right. Before COVID, NBA was on its way to becoming the most. Well, I don't know true numbers, right? But it seemed like NBA was getting a lot more traction and a lot more popularity, right? And now they're just trying. I think they're going to do too much. I really do, and it's not yeah. going to. It's not going to benefit anyone. It's not going to benefit the players, the league. It, it's not. But. All right, guys, anything else before we uh, become GMs for the night and give our top 10 draft picks? No, I'm, I'm, over, I'm over it. I'm ready, I'm ready for All right. the Jets to let me down. All right, so <laughs> guys, listen, if anyone has any arguments, feel free to jump in. I'm just going to start and say I feel like we both have Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson 1 and 2, correct? Yes. Yep. But Max, I, I, I wanna I wanna hear your take as a Jets fan. Are you excited? Do you think that this is the right move? You know, I don't really know, to be perfectly honest with you. Um I I, I kinda wanted the Jets to give Darnold another year, trade back, get somebody in the in the top seven or whatever, give another year, and then, you know, if the Jets are that bad again, you know, they'll, they'll be able to get a quarterback in the draft. But at the same time, I understand the you know the contract of Darnold. He only had two years left with an option for the last year, so I don't know if they want to commit to him. And you know, like we've seen a lot of businesses, it's a new GM. I mean, a GM didn't even draft him. Head coach who doesn't really have any you know history with Darnold, so they kind of want their guys in there. So, I, as a Jets fan, like we usually do, we just have to go on, uh, along for the ride and you know don't get our hopes up. But you know, the moment Zach Wilson gets drafted, I'm sure you know Jets. He's a guy. He's a savior. And then, you know, how, how that game is. Can I just say, and Tommy, then you can say your piece, right? Can I just say two things about my anti-draft movement? Okay. Another thing I hate, right, besides the comparisons to NFL legends when these guys haven't played it down, right? I hate the idea now that based on where you're selected in the draft, the higher up you are, the more pressure there is to come out right of the gate and start day one to me and and i'm not saying that i don't believe rookies can play from day one but i don't think that that should be the game plan 
right away. I think there's nothing wrong with having a veteran, okay? Maybe a quarterback competition during training camp. If the rookie blows the doors off of that competition, sure, start on day one, no problem. Game one, he's a starter, right? But to me, you need a safety net, a backup plan, just in case that rookie needs a little more time to develop, needs a little bit more time to catch up to the NFL speed. And that's why I, if I were the Jaguars, if I were the Jets, I would have a veteran presence on my team, just in case that rookie, to me, drafting Trevor Lawrence, to me, drafting Zach Wilson, being like, since I drafted you number one overall, since I drafted you number two overall, you have to start from day one. No, that's not, that's not right to me. Yes, there are some, there are some excellers, right? Okay. But that's not the case for everyone. So I don't think there's any reason to rush it. Tom. Uh, real quick, can I break in here? Yeah. No, 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 Tommy. Yeah, I was going to say, feel free. No, we, I missed a, I missed an update about an hour ago. Uh, Jack Curry tweeted, Yankees have traded Mike Talkman to San Francisco for lefty reliever Wandy Peralta. Oh, wow. The only guy, a guy has multiple steals on the season. Is the only one who knows how to actually run the base pass for that team, and he's gone. And we're adding to a bullpen that instead of helping them out with you know starters, we're going to just add depth to it. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's fun. Baseball is fun. And anyway, my bad. Uh, no problem. No problem. Thank you for providing that update. Back to the back to the draft. Uh, well, first question. I I think the Jets messed up trading Darnold. I would have Darnold. And what what realistically is Zach Wilson going to come in and do that Sam Darnold couldn't do? You know, they have no run game. They have a left tackle and a line in shambles. They have Corey Davis and no tight ends. They have one of the worst secondaries in football. What are we? What? what like, there can't be, like you said, Victor, like, there can't be an expectation for Zach Wilson to come in and just change his franchise. Because Jimmy, the same a, thing like Darnold. Yeah. They're a long way from them being com- that com- type of competitive. It's just the truth. No, agreed. But agreed. I do think, though, they're, they're, you're right in that there's an expectation, but it's also because, granted, we already know, like, not at, Jamarcus Russell's, you, you have those in your NFL drafts. Not so bad as Jamarcus Russell, but you have guys that just don't pan out, that just don't hit. But there's so much time and money invested into making sure your first-round pick is the guy. And so that's why there is such a high expectation to, like, okay, I'm quoting my name, like, especially GMs, your head scout's name isn't on the line. Your your offensive line coach who went and saw uh, Penny Sewell work out, his name isn't on the line. It's the GM. And when that doesn't pan out, all you hear are the Jets fans or the Giants fans. How you how do you draft Eric Flowers with Andreas Pete in this draft? Like how how do you do that? Yeah. And who's messing up somewhere? Last you can make the same thing with the Giants last year with Beckton in the draft and taking Andrew Thomas. Great. Andrew Thomas did have a much better second half than first half, but there's times when he got benched. And you had your pick at any offensive tackle in this draft. And you didn't hit. 
you did not hit on the best one. And that's why I think there is, I think it's, there's too much pressure put on the player, but it's the organizations funneling down that to be, so they can just reassure themselves. Like, oh, do you see how I, like the team, like them, the Chiefs trading up for Patrick Mahomes. You know how many guys in that room were like, oh yeah, we told them to do this. This was such a good idea. And that's going to get them their next job. It's those guys who push those picks the hardest that are like, you have to hit. You've got to be doing all these stuff's right. And that's just not the reality of it. Yeah, and I completely agree with you on everything, Tommy. And before we get to our draft pick, I just want to say that, and you alluded to it, but with Thomas, right? I also think that teams have to be patient and remember that certain players need the right guys around them. They need to be in the right system, okay? You need to focus on what that player does great and not force him into being something or making them do something they're not strong at. And be patient. If it doesn't if it doesn't pan out in year one, let them give them time to grow, develop as a player. That was Isaiah Simmons last year. You know, the guy he only played I think like thirty five percent of the snaps and in the beginning of the year it looked like a wasted draft pick. But end of the year, they finally saw like where he was comfortable and where he could be the most productive. And he actually had a really good last four or five games of the season. Like he he was really good on that defense and a defense that realistically had nobody. You know, especially when Chandler Jones went down and Patrick Peterson just old out there. But you're right. You and a lot of it is fit. Like Eric Flowers, terrible fit. They moved him to guard in Washington, and he got himself a contract. And then got traded back to Washington. I know, I know, I saw that. Yeah. Sometimes some a fit, like who knows? Maybe New York even. Like it might not just be a position to be a team fit. New York could just be a bad fit. And who knows? Maybe Sam Darnold with Christian McCaffrey with weapons around him, DJ Moore back with Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Who knows what what can happen? No, and you know, even at the quarterback level, I, 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 I'm not in love with him. I still think that he's more of a product of the guys around him, aka Derrick Henry. But look at Ryan Tannehill. I was ready to write him off with his career. He goes from Miami to Tennessee. He kind of has a rebirth. Okay. Well, that's Adam Gates too. Well, I was just about to say that's the Gates effect as well. Yes, but <laughs> he's but, also a top ten pick, Victor. Tannehill was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm saying, I'm saying it's, it could sometimes be the fit guys around him. So it didn't work out in Miami. Yes, Max Gates effect, but also you go to a team with a solid running game, opens up play action, makes your job that much easier. But all right, Max, since me and that, uh, since me and Tommy kind of just went on a rant right there, number three, 49ers, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Mac Jones. That's what everyone's saying. And uh, it just seems like, you know, Shanahan came out with that statement today. That was, or what's today, but a couple days ago, yesterday, whatever the hell it was, was just wild. That Who knows if people are going to be alive by Sunday or some shit. So that was that was pretty crazy. But I think it's going to be uh, Mac Jones. That, that's what I think it's going to be. Tommy? Uh, I also got Mac Jones. Uh, I really wasn't very high on Mac Jones, and I kind of went back and watched more film. The thing is, like, when you watch his highlights, every single wide receiver he throws to is wide open. You watch the games, he most for the most part, his throws look pretty easy. He does have a pretty nice deep ball. 
he's can quite really good touch on it. Like he just he doesn't make any mistakes with the ball. Like he rarely puts a ball in a bad spot. And I think in Kyle Shanahan's offense, did Jimmy G really do anything much different? And they went to a Super Bowl. You know, so I think that's the way they see it. And I'm going to take Jones at three. Both of you are on Jones. Everyone's saying Jones. I truly believe it will be Jones. However, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Kyle Shanahan is well known with big-time Alabama receivers, playmakers. Jimmy Garoppolo has not had that. He's had a great tight end, but not great wide receivers. They take Devonta Smith at number three. I do not, I am not falling for the Mac Jones love affair. You know why? How can three guys on the same offense all be productive, highly talented players and go, all go in the top 15? You're telling me that Mac Jones, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle are all going to have fantastic careers I don't buy it. I think at least one of them is a product of the guys around them. So I'm betting that Mac Jones is that guy that falters come the NFL. Mm, That's a take. Yeah. Number four, guys, are the Atlanta Falcons. And can I just say, can I just say, I, I know we keep getting off a little bit, but the Falcons, man, and I'm not usually one to pack it in and you know, trade guys away and completely rebuild, right? Come in with a new head coach. I don't think that Falcons team, those players, were ever the same after the 28-3 to debacle, right? You could still get great value for guys like Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. I think the Falcons completely screwed up this offseason so far. I'm surprised that they didn't do a fire sale. I feel like out of all teams in the NFL, they were the most poised to do so. I'm a little in between what they're going to do here, but Tommy, who do you have with the Falcons? Uh, so what's really weird about this draft, and it kind of messes up like a lot of teams, like where I look at some teams, like we'll talk about later on that, I just literally have no idea what they'll do. Yeah. Um, but it's because there's not a single like dominant good pass rusher in this draft mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like there any like last year's draft was pretty underwhelming with pass rushers but this one is you at least had chase young you know yeah yep but with that i think you kind of have to go offense here even though i don't think they really need more help on offense you know with ridley and julio jones but i have the falcons taking kyle pitts I think they're too locked into Matt Ryan and his contract to go quarterback here. Um, I think he still has some game left and just add as much weapons as you can around him. And so I'm going to go Kyle Pitts here for take the best, take the best overall prospect next to Trevor Lawrence. You can go Max. What were you going to say? Oh yeah, no, uh, I got Kyle Pitts too. I think, uh, you know, the whole Matt Ryan's contract situation doesn't really make them have the chance to look at another quarterback. You know, they couldn't trade him or release him, you know, being cap held. So I think they're going to try to give Ryan another two-year window to try to win. And, uh, yeah, Pitts is Pitts, – Pitts looks to be, you know, the next the next big tight end coming in the league. So why not have him? You know, I was really torn about this. I could see 
the Falcons trading back, right? Because, like you said, there's no great defensive pass rush, right? Uh, pass rushers. And, I I, I mean, I, I could see Kyle Pitts going anywhere in the top, uh, you know, 5 to 10 area, 4 to 10 area with the Falcons. I'm going to say that they go with Kyle Pitts and just try to get more weapons for Matt Ryan. I don't love my pick there. But that's where I'm going with as well. Just because I, I don't know what they're going to do. But Kyle Pitts goes at number four to the Falcons. Bengals. Bengals could go a couple different ways. Max, who do you have taking the Bengals? Uh, Bengals taking. I'm going with uh, Penny Sewell, the tight, or the tight end. The tackle from uh, Oregon. I know that a lot of teams or a lot of guys are saying they should get Jamar Chase. I think they have. I mean, yeah. I know he's. Uh, God connects with Burrow, but I mean, look at what that line did to Burrow in his first year. You got to keep him upright. And I think they have they have pretty solid, you know, weapons on that team. So I, I rather get a tackle and make sure uh, Joe's upright instead of you know out for the year. Tommy, Max, you're killing me. We're only gonna go three for three on this. I I think the pick's <laughs> got to be Sewell, just like for the same. Like I think I retweeted something. It was someone on ESPN. Oh, you the the surefire miss. You gotta take Jamar Chase, and it's the next. It was like a video cut. The next one is Joe Burrow getting just laid out. It's like yeah. Joe Burrow, and plus, like people forget, Joe Burrow's already kind of old. He's yeah. like twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And, yeah. And you got you gotta just start. He's getting to that age where you're gonna have to start making sure he's safe and protected. And also, I really don't think the Bengals wide receiver room is really that bad. You got no, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon out of the backfield, and your best ta- your best offensive lineman is Jonah Williams, who really should be playing guard. was was a guard at Alabama until his last year, and has never been healthy. They spent some. They uh, I forgot who they signed the right tackle, but the, it's just not the left side of that line is not good. And what are you going to do? Keep handing Joe Mixon the ball? to get stuffed at the line and barely get gain two yards, and then you have to just give him swing passes in open space to get him moving. The picks, the pick for me is Sewell. Yeah, guys, uh, we're going to agree on this one too. You know why? I think Burrow was able to be effective with the weapons around him last year. However, he can't be effective if he's not playing in games. And why was he not playing in games? Because the Bengals did a terrible job of protecting him. Led to a season-ending injury. I think it has to be Sewell here. Sewell or Slater, but I think that Sewell is more highly talented than Slater. Uh, higher up draft prospect, so I'm going Sewell here as well. I Honestly, if they don't take an offensive lineman, it's irresponsible and it's dangerous of the since. Natty Bengals. They're yeah. playing with fire at that point. Yeah. Um, number six, the Miami Dolphins. This is now remember, they traded down. The, the only reason why the 49ers have the number three pick is they traded uh with the Dolphins, okay? And the Dolphins and Eagles then swap picks. Dolphins number six. Tommy, who do you have? Uh Jamar Chase. Uh son of a bitch. <laughs> They took they took Austin Jackson last year, who had a really good year. I was thinking they could go with Slater to play the right side, but I don't I don't think they would do that. 
I also thought about Patrick Sertan here to play opposite of uh, Xavier Howard, but he, I, I think that they, they, they need Tua to be good. And the way you make Tua better is you take the best wide receiver in the class and Jamar Chase, number six. Max, I assume from your reaction, yeah. Jamar Chase as well. Yeah. All right, guys. I gotta be honest with you. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of debate going on on how many quarterbacks could be taken in the first round this year. And I, I gotta be honest with you. Watch out for the Dolphins. Now, I'm not saying that they've completely given up on Tua. I'm not sure that they have a training partner for Tua, but if Justin Fields falls, I would not be terribly surprised if the Dolphins picked him here. That's not my guess. I do have them taking Slater because they just traded away Eric Flowers. They need some more offensive line help, right? I wouldn't be terribly surprised if Devonta Smith was there, if they took him, Jamar Chase, right? I'll go Slater, though. But watch out for the Dolphins. I think they're a wild card in terms of taking a quarterback. All right. What, Max? You got something to say? No, I mean, I can see it. No, I could definitely see them taking a quarterback and then Dolphins Twitter wants to play everybody in the universe. But we'll yeah, get, yeah. We'll get shit about that. <laughs> hey, coming up after the Dolphins, the Detroit Lions. Now, remember, they traded Stafford to L.A. They got Jared Goff in return. Tommy, what do you think the, Dol- uh, the Lions do here? I apologize. All uh... right. I mean, I don't do this when I do my mock drafts because I just don't know value and how teams would work. But I do think this is where we would see the first draft night trade. Okay. The Lions only have six picks in this draft, and they have a decent amount of holes to fill. Maybe they can get a late first and a third from somebody for this pick. Somebody wants to come up and take and maybe jump these teams who need like a corner or – another offensive lineman of Slater's their guy and they want to jump up and take Slater. But I have the Lions actually taking Devonta Smith. Okay. Their wide receiving core is pretty bad. It's uh they they signed uh Tyrell Williams and Brashard Perryman this offseason. <laughs> and I think you kinda of want more depth. I mean they also have Geronimo Allison, but yeah, I have them taking Devonte Smith here. Max. Yeah, to me it was down to Smith and uh Slater. Hey, I'm going with Slater only because Dan Campbell, their uh, new head coach, is a uh, kind of a crazy person. Psychopath. And, you know, yeah. He wanted, yeah, he wanted to uh, bring a smallmouth match football back, and you know what do you got to do that? Have a good line. So I think they're gonna go uh, Slater. How about that great, line with Jared Goff? Dave Gettleman says you got to get those hog mollies. Up yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they're gonna get uh, a lineman Slater. No, I I I don't mind that pick. Uh, Tommy, I could definitely see yours too. The only reason why I, I can't say Smith is because um, I played Devil's Advocate and have him going to the 49ers, but if he's on the board, could definitely see Smith going to the line. I'll go Jamar Chase here. And, I, you know, would I be terribly shocked if, uh, again, I feel like the Lions. I, 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 I'm I not in on Jared Goff. I think the biggest thing tying them to Goff is his contract right now. Could would I be terribly surprised if they took a quarterback like Trey Lance or Justin Fields? No, I wouldn't honestly. But I'm going with the wide receiver here as well. Like you said, they have no one, no real big names on the outside. I'm going with Jamar Chase here. Next up, the Panthers. Now, 
Tommy, I won't say who I'm picking, but I think that this is where we could see a draft day trade. Who do you have the Panthers taking? Uh, this is, yeah, no, this is definitely another team that I could see making a move here. But also, they just traded for Sam Darnold, and I honestly don't know if Slater can play the left side, but they lost to Russell Okuda. Mm-hmm. And so, best way to fill one of the most important spots is take the best guy available. I don't know if, honestly, Slater is that next best tackle, but... Everyone wants to point, oh, look at how well he blocked uh, Chase Young. He's got to be good. So I'm going to take Slater here at 8 for the Panthers. Okay. Max? Number 8, I'm going with Justin Fields. Carolina Panthers. Really? Even after they traded for Darnold, huh? Yeah. Um, I'm just basing this off of, you know, the, 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 the owner has been wanting um, another quarterback. And, uh, you know, they really – I mean, the Sam Darnold thing, if it goes well, you know, they can trade him if they really like Fields or, you know, if he plays bad, they got Fields. Because, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is probably not going to be on that team uh, any longer. And, you know, he's a new owner, probably wants uh, to make a splash move and get another quarterback in there. You know, you, would the head, you uh, win the headlines. So I can see – if it's not Fields, I can see Lance going there too. But I'm going to go with Justin Fields. Okay, so I, I think this is where the Patriots trade up, right? But if – if if Pitts is still on the board, he does not go lower than the Panthers. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I'll. I mean, it's tough. I really, I I think if they take a quarterback here, it'd be the wrong move. All right, I'm. I'm I'm gonna say they take a linebacker and they go Parsons, but yeah, I think that if he's still on the board, they go Pitts. But my gut feeling is that this is where the Patriots trade up and take a quarterback, and that's Fields. Yeah, that's or, what the rumor was today. Fields or Trey Lance, and I think they'll go Fields first. But honestly, though, Victor, yeah, that that would be a great pick that for them though. Michael Parsons at eight, I I I honestly would really like that fit in Carolina. Yeah, because I really thought they were going to get Simmons last year, and then they kind of shocked me and went with the defensive tackle out of. Uh, Auburn, who oh, was it? Brown. Derek Brown. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to go Parsons here. Next up, the Broncos. Max, uh, you could go first. Oh, uh, Tommy. No, sorry. no, go ahead, Max. Uh, no, I'm just, what Victor just said, I'm going to go uh, Michael Parsons for the Broncos at nine. Okay. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of mock drafts with that. Uh, Tommy, who do you have? So the Broncos are a really weird team for me. Yeah. Um, they need I a quarterback, see, really. They could, yeah. I could see them. Like I, I could see them taking Fields. Do they take Parsons or Pity or some edge rusher? But you have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on one last year deal. Um, you just signed Kyle Fuller, so I don't think you're going to take a cornerback unless you really want to reassure your back end. Uh, first two picks last year were wide receivers. Uh, I don't like the value of any offensive linemen here unless they like um, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. But so, man, I'm, I actually have them taking uh, fields here. Okay. Which I also really don't like that pick either because Nick Fangio's on the hot seat. 
Yeah, is he really really going to push for a quarterback to compete with a quarterback? Yeah, yeah. Like, so I think that's weird. But I'm I'm going to say that he doesn't have much say in this pick, and they're taking Fields. So I I, I'm not happy with my prediction. I think this is where they where Trey Lance goes. Right. The only problem I have with this is I have five quarterbacks going in the first round, and I don't like how the five are all going to be in the top ten. And, well, I mean, okay, so that's not true. For my mock draft, I have four going, and that leaves Mac Jones outside of the top ten. But realistically, I, I, I think that Mac Jones is going to go three at the Falcons. I'm just I, I I'm just playing it different with Devonta Smith. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, with the 49ers. But I'm going Trey Lance here. The only reason why John Elway wasn't fired instead of being promoted is because he's a Broncos legend and he got lucky by signing Payne Manning. Otherwise, he did a horrible, horrible job of trying to find a franchise quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I, I, I think they go Trey Lance here. Again, the Fields is there. I could see it. I could see Parsons going there too, like like you said about the Von Miller uh, contract winding down. But I'll, I'll go Trey Lance at number nine for the Broncos. I, I I've never been a Drew Lock fan. I don't think that he's going to be their starting quarterback next year if they draft a quarterback here. But yeah, I'm going Trey Lance. All right, and number ten, the Dallas Cowboys. Tommy, who do you have them taking? Uh, they gotta take Patrick Sertan. That's the only pick, and I know like everyone's saying, all, or not everyone, but Jerry Jones. The rumors he wants to trade up and get Kyle Pitts. If they get Kyle Pitts, that offense is gonna score thirty-five points a game. But they're gonna need all thirty-five to win yeah. those games. Yep. We saw it last year, yeah. early before Dak got hurt. How high-scoring games those were, and Dak had to absolutely ball out in those games just to keep them competitive. Yeah, I think they try and start somewhere, fix it on the other side, and uh, Sertan is the pick. Max? Yep, I'm going with Sertan as well. Yeah, I'm going Sertan as well. If Jerry Jones is the deciding factor, they're going to trade up to number four with the Atlanta Falcons to take pits. If Steven Jones is in charge, they're staying put at 10 and taking Patrick Sertan. Because Jones loves to make that flashy pick, and more times than yeah. not, it's usually wrong. But Stephen Jones actually is competent and knows what he's doing. So I think they're going to go Sir 10. And that defense needs all the help it can get. And then yeah. fi- finally, Max, if you didn't uh, do one, that's fine. No, but I got one. Okay, our New York football giants, Tommy. Who do you have them taking? Uh, Micah Parsons. Okay. I think, hey, I got Micah Parsons. Get some help outside on the edge. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this pick is Waddle. Or Smith, I really would honestly like them to trade. Like I, I don't know if you saw this, Victor, that the Chargers posted a tweet. Yep. That yep had them switching. If they drop trade back to thirteen and they take uh, Elijah Bear Tucker, I think that would be the perfect draft day scenario. But I have them taking Parsons. Okay, Max. I have them getting Heisman winner uh, Devonta Smith. Okay. Wow. So, just real quick. I'm okay with most of the scenarios I've heard, except for I, I can't I can't see them take a cornerback. 
because yeah, that too. how how the organization wants Sertan or Horn. Yeah, I I just can't I I can't accept that because we just shelled out a lot of money for Dory Jackson. We had Bradbury. Darnay Holmes had a solid rookie season. Julian Love has shown that he can play some corner. I, I can't buy another cornerback with the first there's, round draft. There's point. no room in that secondary no, for anybody else. No, there's not. McKinney and Peppers also back there. There's just there's no room for anybody else. Yeah. Pitts. That, that room is full. Pitts, I don't think will be there. I'd be okay if they select him. I know everyone's in love with him. I don't think that that's their biggest need with Ingram, even though I'm, I'm out on Ingram. But they signed Kyle Rudolph. I personally like Caden Smith. Linebacker, listen, I'm a defensive guy. I would never have a problem with them taking an edge rusher or a linebacker like Parsons at 11. Tommy, you know the last time the Giants took a linebacker in the first round was 1984? Yeah. Th- think about the Giants' history of how many great linebackers they've had. LT, which today is a 40-year anniversary since they drafted him. Banks, Carson, Brent, Brad Van Pelt. I mean, the fact that our last and listen, Blake Martinez had a great first year, but our last good linebacker was probably Antonio Pierce. I would have no problem whatsoever them taking Parsons out of Penn State. My my only thing on the offensive side of the ball, I get it. You want to add more weapons, Smith, Waddle. I wouldn't be crying over those selections. However, and again, I'm not saying it's a repeat of 2017, but you can have weapons across the board. It doesn't matter if the quarterback does not have time to throw the ball. If Slater or Sewell are there, you have to take one of those guys, in my opinion. That I would agree. be that's the pick. That would be the pick, in my opinion. If you if you held a gun to my head and said, "Who do you want?" If one of those two guys are there, you take one of them. No questions asked. No, for sure, it it has to be. And I know you haven't said your pick yet, but so but real quick, the thing that makes me nervous about them being so high on Parsons is he's not really an edge rusher. He is a linebacker. He's he he says in interviews, "Oh yeah, I can get down and I can play the edge." Well, of course you're going to say that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Up your top. But it just makes me nervous that I don't know if if he can't be an edge rusher, then. I don't know how he really fits. Yeah. No, I understand. And my pick, again, do I necessarily want this guy as my number one? No, I don't. I think it's going to be Waddle. My personal move would be trade down with the Chargers, trade down with the Patriots if they want, and then get an edge rusher or Parsons then if one of the two linemen are not at 11. Otherwise, you could you could sell me on the receiver. It's just that at some point you're going to have to address the offensive line. You can't have it the way it is, in my opinion. Honestly, honestly, Victor, like you you hit it on the head though. Where like the only thing I really wouldn't want them to take is secondary help. Like I get it; those guys might be really really good, but it's just unless they take that a quarterback and a or running back at that pick. I'm really kind of just going to be like, all right, well, I guess we're going to have to just see how this plays out from here type of thing, especially if they take, like, if their guy is um, Jalen Phillips or Petty from uh, – or Pay from Michigan. Like, whoever your guy is, okay, then you know what? Strap it on. I guess we're going to see how it goes. But uh, unless they take a corner, 
quarterback or running back, I guess I'm kind of content with whoever they get. Yeah. Just take best available at that point, mm -hmm. realistically. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so I, I that was our top 11. And, guys, just because I've heard his name being thrown around a little bit, any any ideal destinations for Julio Jones? Again, I don't – apparently – Apparently, a deal can't get done before June 1st due to salary cap reasons. But, Max, any ideal destinations for Jones to go to if the Falcons were to trade him? I would love for him to go to Green Bay. I just don't know if they have cap space for it, honestly. Uh, that's, yeah, I, I have the same thinking, Max. I think Green Bay, him and Adams, along with Rodgers, would be an unreal big three. Yeah. I just don't see the Packers having that money. What about you, Tommy? Uh, honestly, maybe if they wanted to go full sell 49ers, but there's no way they have the cap space for it. Yeah, no, I agree. Or, and honestly, any more of the, the draft, addict, uh, draft depth to make that type of trade. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, again, I think Green Bay would be perfect. I've heard New England. To be honest with you, though, to me, New England is not a Super Bowl contender by adding Julio Jones. I'm out on Cam Noon. I really last year was my final chance with him, and again, I know he didn't have much to work with. Okay, uh, to me, Jones did not make them a Super Bowl favorite. Ooh, so, you know, it's another team I just thought of too. Who? Baltimore. Yeah, I was just about to say them. Wow, you read my mind, dude. Seriously, I think that would be an interesting, interesting team, and that would put them in a great position. Great position. I wouldn't be surprised either if they were able or tried to package a deal with their two first-round picks, not even though they're both late, but two first-round picks and try and get up high and try and get one of the top wide receivers in this draft too. Yeah, and for Atlanta too, you know, just get just get picks, you know, try to patch up the team. Yeah, exactly, because I got to be honest with you, ever since 28-3 to happened, I never thought that they were going to recover, and, and so far they've yeah. proven me right. But – all right, yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, again, I wish my team was drafting 32 overall, but you know we'll we'll see. It should be an interesting night. Always next year, Victor. Yeah, always next year. I I expect a uh, a lot of moves to happen. I expect a ton of surprises. I think that besides the first two picks, anything could happen. Really, all right. Really, honestly, well, I I don't even know because. I feel like Shanahan, people are leaning towards Mac Jones, and then I wouldn't be surprised if Fields went. So we'll see. But, Tommy, thank you once again for joining us, buddy. Do you want to give out your social media? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at tmaney14 on Twitter. Uh, I'm, yeah, there you go. Max, uh, I wanted to ask you before you give out yours. Uh, any new articles recently? You used to give me a heads up. Yeah, no, I am actually writing one tomorrow about the Heat trading for uh, CJ McCollum in the offseason. Okay, all right. And your social media is? You can follow me at MaxMarshall136. And make sure you check out his articles on fan side. He knows what he's talking about, all you can eat. And follow me at VictorJFoosteri on Instagram, at VictorJFoosteri on Twitter at Old School Sport on Twitter and give us a like on Facebook, Old School Sport. Until next time, everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Old School of Sport.